Hello and welcome to A Value View from the Merchants Trust. In each edition, Simon Gurgle, Fund Manager at the Merchants Trust, offers his thoughts on developments affecting the UK market and what it means for investors. Simon, it's good to catch up. Unbelievably, it's been six months since we recorded our first lockdown podcast back in March. It felt like we were in a very different place back then. Now, in our last podcast, we talked about income, uh, but it'd be good to touch on this again. It's a topic that's always of interest to listeners and an area which seems to be developing, frankly, all of the time. So can you provide us with an update from where we left off just a few months ago? Since then, defence giant BAE and geotechnical firm Keller have both reinstated their dividends, while media and comms firm WPP has declared their interim for 2020. Is this a trend that will follow with other companies, do you think, Simon? Yes, I think it's a really interesting trend and, and welcome development we're seeing which is that we are seeing some dividends which were postponed at the end of 2019 um, coming back in now and being reinstated. As you say, you mentioned a couple. We're seeing many more than that in some of the car insurance companies. Um, and a number of businesses are are reinstating dividends and also introducing interim dividends. I think behind that, it's not surprising if you think back to where we were in, in the spring. There was huge uncertainty. Nobody knew quite how bad the pandemic would be, how many people would, would get ill and, and sadly die and what the long-term effects would be well, the economy was going to lockdown so companies were understandably extremely cautious on liquidity on their balance sheets and on paying out any money they didn't need to absolutely pay out so holding back dividends and there was also if you remember a political angle to that companies were were seen it was seen as, as, as seen to be uh, i think they were reticent to pay out too much because of the political environment and you even saw some regulators like the banking regulator telling the banks not to pay any dividends um, earlier in the year and for the whole of this year i think now we're in quite a different place we have a lot more visibility many industries are starting to open up and we may talk about that and companies balance sheets are in many cases better than we thought they might be in a worst case scenario and companies are starting to get a bit more confident about how trading is developing this year and how trading might continue into the next year and, and where their finances are. So companies are able to uh, reinstate dividends that they postponed in some cases, and you, you mentioned a few, and in some cases start to pay dividends from ordinary business when they are making money and generating cash again. It does seem, though, Simon, that the dividend trend is very sector and even company specific. Are, are we seeing a market with differing speeds of recovery? Yes, absolutely we are. So there, there are activities that have traded, continued pretty robustly through the through downturn, even, even accelerated. So areas like online shopping, online groceries, uh, even online gambling have been, have been actually quite strong. And areas, some areas have been very resilient, like um, areas of retail, food, uh, food retail um, and food products and, and cleaning products, for example, have, have been very robust. Some areas did, did stop or, or slowed down dramatically, but have recovered very quickly. So if they think of housing transactions, they're now running at a very fast rate. House prices are above where they were a year ago. People are keen to move. DIY, furniture have been, have been strong. Uh, car, car retailing, particularly secondhand cars, uh, we're seeing strong demand there and strong activity. And I think people, so where you can do things remotely and, and socially distanced, where you don't need to have lots of people together in one environment, 
that areas have, those areas have generally picked up pretty well. The areas that have been slower have been things like physical retail, actually going to shops and shopping centres, travel, commuting has been has been slow to pick up. As we said earlier, um, not that many people coming in on the underground and trains into London and, and other big cities. And um, probably the worst area of, of all is, is is travel and aviation and particularly business travel, but even even holidays. Uh, it's, it's, as you know, there aren't that many people going on foreign trips and foreign holidays. So that whole area has been has been really slow to pick up. Yeah. And as a result of this, are you seeing um, uh, this reflected in valuations? Where are you seeing growth and, and value opportunities in that respect? Well, it's it's strange actually because you're not really seeing the divergence you might expect. So many of the cyclical areas are very depressed. Even areas like house builders, where activities picked up really quickly. Well, it seems incredible because uh, m- many of the house building projects that I see around where I am or in the city seem to be well, they seem to be bustling again. But that's not feeding through yet. Not really. I mean, clearly the share prices have bounced from the very low levels they got to in the middle of March, but but share prices are still down a long way from where they were at the beginning of the year and pricing in really a very difficult environment in areas like house builders, media, where you are seeing a recovery in some of the advertising spending uh, and some of the areas I talked about, sort of DIY, furniture um, uh, and autos, cars and so on. You're not seeing the, the recovery you might expect given that the end markets are picking up, whereas you can absolutely understand why aviation um, airlines, um, aerospace, and, and, and those type of areas are still very weak. So I think the market is quite interesting from that point of, point of view. You can invest in areas where recovery seems to be coming through quite quite quickly, um, and yet valuations remain remain quite depressed. What's, what's really happening is the market remains extremely polarised, and a select group of companies have been pushed to quite high valuations, uh, whereas many, many other companies are actually quite cheap. So does this mean then that companies, as we look forward, are going to be a bit more conservative in their outlook, Simon? And and what are the the negative or positive impacts that might have on the portfolio? I think it is likely with this type of event and this type of shock that companies will think and boards will think twice about the level of debt they're comfortable with in the business for extreme circumstances. So you'll see two of two effects probably. One is companies will run with slightly stronger balance sheets than than they would have done beforehand, particularly those businesses that are more cyclical. And I think in some cases, you'll see dividends that were cut, not coming back to the level where they were at before. So dividend resets, if you like. Um, So I think you will see that level of conservatism creeping in. But I think on the other hand, where companies have come through and actually trading is recovering and the business model is not broken, I think you will see a recovery in, in dividend payments as we've been discussing. And and those companies might get back towards normality perhaps quicker than we think in some cases. Simon, I'm going to ask you a question now that strikes to the heart of what it is you do, the portfolio. Um, and, and we all know you're a value investor, that's your philosophy. But is value still really struggling relative to growth and quality? And if so, how are you ensuring the portfolio is still filled with sound businesses? Yes, it's a good question. I think certainly for the first half of the year and into July, value shares, so companies trading on a low valuation relative to everything else, were were underperforming the rest of the market, which are the, if you like, the higher growth companies typically or the higher quality companies. Um 
and and that's that perhaps eased a little bit in recent weeks, but it hasn't changed dramatically. But I think what what that's masking is that there are still many many decent quality businesses that are very cheap. Value investing is not about buying low quality businesses, which do deserve to be on a low valuation. Obviously, if a company has a, a weak competitive position or is structurally challenged by developments in the marketplace, you would expect that company to trade on a very low valuation. But but we've got many businesses in our portfolio that have strong market positions and actually still, despite that, are trading on quite depressed valuations, perhaps because the end market has been difficult and recovery is taking time to come through. Um, and therefore, you have to look out a bit further into the future. But um, that's, that means we're still able to find some really great opportunities at the moment. And finally, Simon, a topic we haven't touched on in a while, but now it's resurfaced. Uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson's trade deal and his deadline with the EU uh, of the 15th of October. What impact do you see this having on the market in the next month or so? A lot of uncertainty, or is this the same old politics? Yes, well, we have looked at this issue a number of times in, in recent podcasts. Um, the, the fundamental thing to remember, as I always say, is that the UK stock market is not the same as the UK economy. So we are going to have a lot of uncertainty in the next few weeks. And I don't know exactly how long these trade negotiations are going to go on for and whether we will get a deal or not. So if you take the car industry in the UK, for example, which is a, a big employer and a big industry, the only quoted, the only listed car company in the UK is Aston Martin, which is a tiny constituent of the stock market. Most car companies in Britain are owned and, and listed in, by, by, um, in, in foreign countries. So they, whatever happens to the car industry is not going to have a massive impact in the domestic stock market, ironically. Um, what's much more important is what's happening in the world economies and, and um, the way the pandemic evolves and, and the, COVID, the COVID impact on, on activity. Now, having said that, there are clearly some industries that do depend on, on imports and exports, and there are others that depend on the strength of the economy, such as the banking sector, where, which are obviously related to the, how, how strong the economy is and their, their prospects uh, do depend on, uh, on that. And those, so there, is, there, there, are, there are risks out there. But I think given the type of issues we've had with the pandemic this year and the complete shutdown of the economy, don't forget we had the worst ever second quarter growth uh, shrinkage, if you like, 20% drop in GDP. The, the issues coming up with Brexit and whether or not we get a trade deal, I think are of an order of magnitude less significant than that. So whilst I'm not relaxed about this, I don't see it having the impact on on the economy and certainly not on the companies in the UK stock market that, that some people worry about. So I think there are, dare I say it, there are bigger issues to worry about in the UK stock market today than, than what comes out of the, uh, the trade deal. Certainly a, a number of issues there in the future that we'll be talking about on A Value View. A fascinating conversation, Simon, as ever, uh, but we're out of time. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, John. And thank you for listening to A Value View from the Merchants Trust, where we bring you topical news affecting UK equity markets. You can find out more about the Merchants Trust by going to merchantstrust.co.uk. Merchants Trust.